Hey guys, it's Derek. We're back on the podcast. And this week, Ashley and I are sitting down to talk to you about reverse dieting. Like, what the hell is reverse dieting? Well, we are going to dive into that for you. We're going to explain the concepts and methods behind it. We're going to ensure that you understand what the process looks like and how it can be beneficial to your health and fitness journey if you happen to fall in this group of individuals that we're talking about. If you guys have any questions about this topic whatsoever, be sure to reach out to us. We try to do the best job we could of explaining it in depth here on the podcast, but we are always willing to schedule a time to hop on a call with you and answer the questions that you may have. Other than that, we really just catch you guys up on the usual, a little bit about our life, a little bit about the new things that are happening with the brand, and we really just hope that you enjoy the conversation, you get something out of it that you can take with you today and move closer to your goals. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is episode number 30, and we are here with Ash once again. Ash, what's going on? What's new in life? How have you been doing today? <laughs> Hi, everyone. Um, life is good. Nothing really is new. Um, it's a beautiful day here in Michigan. You lied. We planted peppers. <laughs> That's true. I literally just watered them. One of my friends uh, or co-workers, he's really into gardening, and he said that peppers would not be ideal in Michigan because of the sunlight and warmth, but we're giving it a try. We and also, they're not even 16 to 24 inches apart. I was going to say, no, it was 24 to 48 inches. We read that after we planted them, and the peppers are literally touching each other, but so it's fine. We're not gardeners. <laughs> we tried but we had a decent garden in Pittsburgh. It grew things. Mm-hmm. We ate them. Mm-hmm. It was a success. Yeah. So This is just a different situation. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Well, guys, uh, this is episode number 30. Yeah. Ashley, do you realize that before we started? Did you know that this was episode <laughs> number 30? No, but I know we had the goal to do an episode every week for a year. And I did have to look up how many weeks were in a year because <laughs> I was like, oh, are we 30 already? Or are oh, we no. in a year already? We might have to edit that. <laughs> but anyway, we set out guys this year and the goal is to record and publish one podcast per week every week for how many weeks, Ash? 52. 52 weeks. So <laughs> we're at episode 30. Unfortunately, we didn't quite hit our goal. We missed one week. We're, so we are episode number 30 but it has been or excuse me yeah we're episode number 30 but it has been 31 weeks yes and so we're still pretty much on track maybe we'll do a double one of these weeks to catch ourselves back up but <laughs> i can't believe it's been 30 weeks since we started this i know me neither that's awesome yeah uh but anyway life updates um you I guess really this, have the biggest life updates yeah this is like an actual announcement that i haven't really told, told too many folks about <laughs> So, uh, in regards to my personal situation, I have made the decision to transition out of the CrossFit scene, out of coaching CrossFit. Uh, this didn't have anything to do with everything that's been going on in the CrossFit world. It actually happened bef- just before all that started, at least the 
the idea of it. And uh, then we kind of got lost in the sauce and then it presented itself again. So I've actually accepted a position at Orange Theory Fitness as a fitness coach. And the reasons that I decided to pursue this opportunity was that first and foremost, it was an opportunity for growth. It was a chance to you know, explore a different space in the fitness industry, somewhere that I had the potential to develop new skills in regards to presentation, group management, sales, marketing, branding. You know, it's it's a chance to see the operations and the logistics of an extremely successful fitness franchise. And I believe they're the most successful fitness franchise in history. And so there's really a lot to be learned and it's conducive to the growth mindset that I've adopted over the years. And I think it'll challenge me in some new ways, not to say that CrossFit hasn't or that I'm done coaching CrossFit, but it was just time to pursue a different avenue and to ensure that I continue to get better each and every day as we go through this. Yeah. I I can't wait to hear about it. I'm excited. I'm going to be all mic'd up just like we are now. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Uh, But anyway, so that's my big news. And then uh, in terms of the company, right, website's still under construction, but it's so close. We are We've seen some previews. Yes, we've seen previews, and they're amazing. Yeah. And we're super pumped. Boris is crushing it over there at Metcon Creative. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're super, super close, and we can't wait to share that with y'all. And then uh, we're still awaiting on our apparel provider, they are in the midst of finishing up the the setup for their new system that they just purchased to make all these these orders and to fulfill everything. So once they're up and running, which should be in the next week, we will be able to release that stuff as well. So really exciting things, hopefully in the next seven to 10 days, which I yeah. think we said that last time. But I know, but it's okay. It's okay. Great things take time. That's right. You got to be patient. So yeah, yeah that's sort I do of where we're at. have one more update. Today, when we're recording this episode, it has been two years since Derek surprised me with our little Coda bear. His ears just went up as she <laughs> said that. But yes, it has been two years since we had the bear brought into our lives. Yes. I just wanted everyone to know that. How do you feel about that? Does it make you emotional? Yeah, for sure. If we have to move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what what are we going to be talking about today? I'm excited. This is just for you, babe. We are talking about reverse dieting. I know people are probably thinking, what is that? Is that an actual thing? But it is a real thing. Now, I think, you know, leading into this episode, we will say, and we'll probably repeat it multiple times, there is not a ton of research Mm -hmm. done on reverse dieting. However, the concepts and methods in these early phases of, I guess you could say it's, validation seem to be successful Mm -hmm. so we'll say that so there is positive outlook regarding yeah and we've seen it through clients yes and we have firsthand yes we have firsthand experience with our clients yeah um anything else that we're going to be talking about or is it mainly reverse dieting i think 100 percent reverse dieting maybe we'll tangent off onto a couple things but i think we can stick with that and uh you know really the reason we're talking about this, like we had just mentioned, we have been implementing this with some of our Mm -hmm. clients. And I think it's really a necessity that we talk about it just because it would be a disservice and, you know, really just downright irresponsible of us to take on a nutrition client who is consuming a very low number of calories, you know, 12, 
hundred calories, eleven hundred calories, whatever. I'm just naming something outrageous that's really stupid to ingest. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing that for a prolonged period of time, either because of a diet or like a lot of folks just not eating enough. Yeah. Chronically under eating. And if they came to us and we put them in a caloric deficit and took them below that already incredibly low number of calories per day, it would lead to health complications. It would lead yeah. to lack of progress. It would lead to I was gonna say they health. might see they might never see their goal. Right. Exactly. And so that's really why we're touching on this because it applies to I think a really large group of the population. Yeah. And it can help a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm very passionate about it now, especially just because since growing ballistic, like I'd say just throwing this out there, like 70% of our clients, we have to start in a reverse diet. And I, I think starting off with nutrition coaching, I just didn't expect that. Yeah. I mean, you don't expect it, right? You kind of, especially because of our background. Like I, (laughs) I have never had the problem of under eating. (laughs) Oh, we know how to eat in this house. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that's also what made it just eye opening, but go ahead. No, I was just going to agree with you there. And I think what we're talking about here is imagine, I think for anyone that's our age, imagine our parents' generation, right? Mm-hmm. They, maybe they're 20 to 30 pounds overweight and you'd look at them and say, okay, they need to be in a caloric deficit. Yeah. But if you actually dive into what they're eating, one of two things has happened. Number one, they are severely under eating. Mm-hmm. And they just haven't really taken note of that over the years. Or two, they think they're severely under eating, but then on weekends, happy hours, they're consuming so many calories that their average actually spikes way up. And what they believe to be this 1200 calorie deficit they've been in for so long mm-hmm. was really a surplus. And that's one of the issues that they're having in regards to weight loss. And we're going to kind of get into how those two things relate. Yeah, Absolutely. Why don't we start off by explaining, like, what is reverse dieting? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, so reverse dieting, if any of you listening have never heard of this, uh, in the bodybuilding world, they do this, some folks do, coming out of these severe caloric restrictions for competition. However, what we're talking about here is reverse dieting, not to come back from a severe caloric deficit for performance or mm-hmm. physique standards, but coming back from chronic undereating is really what we're addressing. And so it's the process of slowly increasing caloric intake in a stepwise fashion or a progressive fashion. Yeah, to get back to maintenance calories. Exactly. And so in theory, what we're looking at here is, you know, providing these small caloric jumps or these surpluses in in order to help restore circulating hormones, energy expenditure, and hopefully metabolic rate in some capacity Mm -hmm. yeah and like you said there definitely has to be additional research to evaluate like its efficacy but we feel like it's really important to talk about just because we are seeing it firsthand so frequently yeah absolutely and so I think something we can touch on with this too because we kind of hit on it there at the top is when I mentioned, hey, if you're in a, if you're consuming 1,200 calories per day, yeah. so you know why did we pick that number? And Ash, why don't you kind of explain why I just picked 1,200? Uh, but I mean, we've seen some crazier things out there, even lower than that, and why that's really a problem. Yeah. So 
It is mind blowing, but literally a two to three year old. Two to three year old human. Human, yeah. Male, female, their recommendation is at least 1,000 calories per day. And that's 1,000 calories, you know, at two to three years old. Yeah. You're, I don't know what that's actually classified, infant or toddler, but because <laughs> I'm not a parent, but you're not doing anything except living. Yeah. So it's 1,000 calories to live. That's basically, and they're little. That's basically their basal <laughs> metabolic rate, and they're the size, uh, they're smaller than Coda. Yeah. <laughs> and then like a four to eight year old, again, female or male, their recommendation is 1,200 to 1,400 calories. Yes, per day. Per day. Like four to eight years old. Just to live. <laughs> yes. And if you're a normal four to eight year old, not like you, because you were not normal. You were abnormal. <laughs> hey. At six years old, I wasn't doing any physical activity aside from playing soccer. Mm-hmm. I was eating spaghettios and watching Gullah Gullah Island for most of the day (laughs) yeah then a little bit of soccer unlike you doing (laughs) backflips 17 hours a day and then moving on I think is even more eye-opening is 9 to 13 year olds females now it starts to like switch up a little bit but it's typically recommended 1400 to 1600 and then male it's 1600 to 2000 calories per day so basically what you're saying is a 13-year-old boy is eating more calories than a lot of 40-year-old men. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's a problem. And that's like the diet culture. It makes me sick. Like they people tell you to eat 1,200 calories. Yeah. Like that is what is recommended. And it is mind-blowing. That is for an 8 or four to eight year old. As Jordan Syatt would say, that's effing stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, again, it's mind blowing. So I think it's really, really important to talk about. Um, moving on though, I hope that kind of opened up your eyes and. My eyes or their eyes? <laughs> the both. folks listening? Folks oh. listening. Okay. <laughs> you too though. So what are the concepts of reverse dieting? Uh, yeah, so. In terms of the whole conversation and this this big picture of reverse dieting, we're really talking about correcting energy balance and just the energy balance equation. And a huge part of that equation is metabolic adaptation. Now, when we're talking about metabolic adaptation, one of the things that we're talking about here is the quote-unquote starvation response. And now, this isn't starvation mode, right? We're not talking about your body going into starvation mode and then all of these these processes are skewed and damaged and all these things. We're talking about a response that is gradually developed over the course of time when we're under eating or in a caloric deficit. And so what happens is during these periods, there's a decline in our basal metabolic rate, which that's the amount of energy you need just to live. So to breathe, to walk around, to open your eyes, like that kind of thing. And so that drops your basal metabolic rate. What also happens is activity and exercise become harder because there's less energy available to engage in those activities. Because if I'm only eating a very, very small amount of calories, the majority of those are going to be expended through my basal metabolic rate. And then I'm going to have very limited amounts left to engage in activity and exercise. Yeah. And you're also going to feel like crap. Yeah, exactly. You're going to feel like shit. And in addition to that, just your activities of daily living 
and your energy expended through those activities is going to drop. And what we call that is NEAT. And NEAT stands for non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which basically is just a really long, fancy term for energy and heat expended during activities of daily living. And then lastly, our digestion is going to slow in order to try to pull more nutrients from those foods that we're consuming. And so all of these things happen in response to prolonged chronic periods of undereating or caloric deficit. And the way these metabolic adaptations work or those responses, the same thing can be done in reverse. And that's the goal of reverse dieting is to correct these responses by increasing basal metabolic rate. So increasing that energy output, increasing our work capacity by having more calories available to engage in those activities, increasing NEAT, re-normalizing or normalizing our GI tract function. So that is the benefits of reverse dieting is that there's strong anecdotal evidence to suggest that those things can happen as a result of very specific and very, we'll even call it prolonged implementation of additional calories into the diet if you've been severely under eating or in a caloric deficit. Okay, that makes sense. Um, So I know earlier in the episode you talked about implementing kind of a slow progression of calories per day. Uh, Why don't you go into a little bit more about that? Yeah, so when we're talking about implementing this slowly and very specifically, we're talking about very small amounts of calories added to your daily total. So if you've been chronically under-eating or in a severe caloric deficit and you've only been consuming 1,200 calories, 1,200 does not mean that's your your maintenance calories. That's just your baseline of where you've been eating. And over time, you haven't seen results because that's become your new baseline. Now, let's say that number is 1,200. And what the research is suggesting is that we can maybe get upwards of 20% of that to increase our calories. So, and it might not even be 20%. It could be more like the 10% range, but you're going to add that onto your daily total. And that that 10 to 20, that just depends how significant of a calorie deficit you are from your um, calculated like maintenance calories. If you're significantly under what your maintenance calorie goal is, I would recommend jumping 20%. If you're kind of just borderline low and it's been for a few months, then I'd recommend just that 10% increase. Yeah, that can be a factor. And then, you know, what a lot of the research is showing too, or this anecdotal evidence is that it's dependent on the individual as well. Mm Some people can afford that 20% jump regardless of where they're at and there won't be any excessive fat gain, but other people might be more sensitive to those increases and there could be those those gains in, in fat tissue as well. Yeah. Uh, and another thing to take note of here is that that increase, you're going to hold that increase. So let's say it goes from 1,200 calories a day up to 1,300 calories per day. You're going to hold that 1,300 calories per day for anywhere from two to four weeks in order to allow those adaptations to occur before you make another small jump of, again, within probably that same range of that 10 to 20% of your total caloric intake. Mm-hmm. And what they're, what they're suggesting now and what we're thinking now is that you need to be incorporating that structure or reverse dieting 
in a time that's proportionate to the time spent in that caloric deficit. So if you're someone who's been under eating for a year, you're probably going to need to implement reverse dieting for at least a year to get yourself back into full function and to restore some of those things that we talked about earlier, like basal metabolic rate and energy expended through activity and NEAT and, you know, that GI tract function. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, with that, we're looking at, even though reverse dieting is probably, I don't want to assume anything, but it's necessary for a good amount of the population it is a relatively intensive protocol in the sense that you do need to eat the same amount of food per day. You do need to track the food that you're eating, whether it's with a scale or it's by the hand method and estimations. Obviously, a scale is more accurate. And you probably do need to be engaging in physical activity and exercise. And, and lastly, you need to know that, as we've stated multiple times, this isn't guaranteed. There needs to be more research done, but we have personally seen results with our clients and so have plenty of other coaches out there. So those are just things to keep in mind with this protocol. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, what is like an ideal situation for reverse dieting then, in your opinion? Yeah, so it's kind of like what we just what we just hinted at mm -hmm. is we get a lot of people who we start talking to them we have them track their food for a couple of days and we quickly discover that, uh, you know, they're eating 1,200 calories per day. Yeah. And really quick call out there. We have when as soon as you sign up for Ballistic Performance Nutrition, we have you track for an entire week. So we get there weekday and weekend. Uh, if you start a nutrition program and they don't have you do that. I highly recommend you look into something else. And I'm not saying you have to come to us. I'm just saying if your nutrition coach is not worried or not interested in seeing what you typically do without making any changes, there's something seriously wrong with that. Agreed. Um, but okay, go on. Sorry, I had to throw that out there. <laughs> and so let's say there's really two scenarios that are associated with that. And we mentioned these, I believe, at the top of the episode as well. Number one. The individual is actually only consuming 1,200 calories per day. Mm -hmm. Or number two, they believe they were consuming a low amount of calories per day. Mm -hmm. And then after tracking with us for a week, they quickly discovered that the snacks they were having throughout the week and the small binges they were having on the weekend translated to a much higher average than what they had anticipated. And in that case, reverse dieting might not be the solution. If that mm -hmm. individual is having a surplus of calories and really it's just more about moderating what they're eating and and monitoring that. Yeah. Now, back to that first case scenario, if the individual is actually only consuming that very low amount of calories, then that is an ideal situation to incorporate this reverse dieting, especially if the individual happens to be overweight and is still chronically under eating. Yeah. Right. And because so like we've talked about, previously your body is not going or is very unlikely to let you lose weight if it's using all of your calories or all of your energy to literally keep you alive yeah to keep you alive and like we had mentioned like those basic daily activities mm -hmm. yeah um so how let's get into this how do you reverse diet yeah so i think we can kind of walk everybody through the process that 
we've used with folks in that the process that like precision nutrition implements with their clients and and all of those other organizations so you know the first one would be select your tracking method mm-hmm. are you going to be are we going to utilize a scale or are we going to utilize the hand estimation method you know really really what's our plan of attack there and like we mentioned already the scale is obviously more accurate so if the individual's comfortable with that then that's our better bet mm-hmm. you know once we figure out how we're going to track then it becomes about determining our true maintenance calories. And maybe you can talk a little bit about what that means uh, in the sense of maintenance. You know, what, what, is, what do maintenance calories mean? Yeah, so there's a lot of calculations out there. Um, and maybe we can even link them in our bio. But you can take like your body weight times your physical activity level. And then another way is... Like if you're getting even more specific, adding in your percent body fat, if you know that, or an estimation of what your percent body fat is. Uh, So again, those are like the two ways that I will calculate someone's maintenance calories. Okay. So once we've calculated maintenance calories, then the next bet would be, or the next step, not bet, the next step (laughs) would be to determine, you know, macronutrient composition or proportion. So you know, we're talking about like percentages of carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. And now what a lot of research has shown is that, you know, really honing in on the protein and possibly even increasing the percentage of protein from those calories does promote increased protein synthesis, minimizes protein breakdown. And so really what we're saying there is like higher proteins that are proteins, diets that are <laughs> higher in protein have been shown to be more effective in improving body composition uh, compared to those moderate or low protein diets. So in this situation, we might skew it just slightly in favor of protein and then adjust everything as needed from there. And we won't get into you know specific numbers, but we just wanted to touch on that, that yeah. slightly higher protein intake may be appropriate for this situation. Yeah, and sometimes... I think it's really important, again, that your coach lays all of this out there for you and tells you their plan. Because a lot of the times, at least, again, I think like probably 90% of my clients that we are reverse dieting, their protein is very low. So it's not like I'm taking them from eating 60 grams of protein up to 120 grams per day right away like it's going to be a slow transition or slow progression of to reach that ideal macro composition does that make sense yeah okay. that makes sense like a stepwise progression just steady yeah uh you know and then from there once we've established those macronutrient compositions those percentages then it's really about determining okay what is our rate of progression mm-hmm. you know how many calories are we going to add to that daily total for that two to four week period before we again increase and repeat that process over and over and over until mm-hmm. we reach those maintenance calories? And like we mentioned earlier, some research has shown like upwards of 20% with no, with little to no um, negative outcomes mm-hmm. in terms of fat gain. However, we, as you just mentioned, like to start smaller and maybe we're talking about only a 10% increase uh, in that daily caloric intake to start. Yeah. And so then once we figure that out, we hold that again for those two to four weeks 
and then we monitor the progress and adjust as needed. Yeah. Right. And we repeat that process until we start to see maybe some indicators of, hey, it's time to stop reverse dieting and move in a different direction. And some of those signs could be that we are starting to see increases in fat mass just based off of additional calories, which mm-hmm. we probably at that point surpassed maintenance and need to just bring it back slightly. Uh, maybe the individual's no longer in, interested in eating more. Like they just can't eat more calories in the day if we've already achieved maintenance and that's fine. And then, you know, another another option is maybe we've just been reverse dieting for a period that was longer than the initial deficit. Mm-hmm. Now that goes more for someone who's coming out of like a quote unquote diet and transitioning into this versus someone who's just been chronically under eating for years. Yeah. And all of those things that you just hit on, I think are really important. And I love how after every single one that you said, it was like, if you're past or if you're at maintenance, uh, I know again, going through it with my clients, like again, with reverse dieting, actually, I don't think we've said this yet. Like there are three outcomes. You're either going to gain weight, you're going to stay the same weight or you're actually going to lose weight. Like every single person is different. But again, that ultimate goal is to get you back to that maintenance calories or even slightly above that to get all of those processes functioning correctly. Um, And associated with each of those is a change in body composition, right? You might, your weight might stay constant or pretty close to constant but your body composition could completely change. Yeah. And I, I see it. I, I, everyone is different. I've seen some people that have significant body compos- composition changes where you look at a progress pictures and then you look at the scale and you're like, how? And then I've had some people that kind of just stay stay the same. And it can be really hard mentally. And how Derek said, like, you're no longer interested in e- eating more. Well, at the beginning, you're probably not going to want to eat more because it's scary. It's opposite everything that you've ever been told because you would ideally want to lose weight, but I'm telling you to eat more. And um, so again, initially, you're probably going to have to push past those like that feeling of not wanting to eat more. Yeah. Does that make sense? Makes sense. And I think to last thing to touch on here and then we can continue on is you know, people might be listening and thinking, wait a minute, you just said that you're going to eat more calories, but you're going to, your weight's going to stay the same, Mm -hmm. but you're going to change your body composition. So how's that possible? And I think this goes back to our protein discussion just a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. For these individuals that are on this reverse dieting protocol, we're ingesting more calories specifically definitely more protein now we're in what is technically a caloric surplus albeit very small right from where we just were well that additional protein and those additional calories combined with now physical activity and structured exercise especially in individuals who have not trained Mm -hmm. recently or are completely untrained there are going to be adaptations to lean muscle meaning you are going to gain lean muscle mass due to 
exercise and increased protein and caloric intake. Mm -hmm. So there is going to be adaptation in skeletal muscle. And that is how we start to see changes in body composition, but not weight, because we know that muscle mass or lean tissue weighs more than fat tissue. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not saying that everyone gains muscle and loses fat at the same time because we know how difficult that can be. Yeah. But it also can occur in very specific populations. So it's not impossible. Mm -hmm. So this isn't some voodoo magic where someone is (laughs) changing their body composition without their weight. There are physiological processes behind that that account for that. Yeah. It's It's, just a very rare scenario. mm -hmm. It's so interesting to me. Um, so now that we've accomplished reverse dieting, hopefully it's time to move on. What, what's like the next steps? Yeah. So number one, I think it's important to note there, like what you just said, you accomplished the task, right? The job that you shouldn't be reverse dieting an infinite amount of time. It's used specifically to get you back to what should be your maintenance calories, And then from there, now we can start to focus on some habits, some behaviors, some of these things that will lead to long-term health, long-term maintenance of whatever body composition goal that we want to achieve. Mm -hmm. So we're talking, we can be talking about things like, you know, methods of regulation, such as mindful eating, eating slowly, um, you know, not being, not scrolling and eating, not being on your phone, taking the time to eat at a table, really just focusing on in on the actual act of eating yeah and what's associated with that and then we can also move into hey let's let's settle in at these maintenance calories let's develop all these habits and behaviors ensure that they're sustainable ensure you can be consistent and then maybe eventually we transition into a phase that is conducive to your new goal you know if that's continued if it's still weight loss then now we can begin to reverse the process, which Mm kind of sounds weird, but go into a new, true caloric deficit and again, slowly taper that down. And I promise it's not going to be back down to 1,200 calories. Right. (laughs) You know, let's say we brought you up from 1,200 to 2,000. We're not cutting you back down to 1,200 to get the weight loss. Like our goal is to allow you to eat as much food as possible and still achieve your goals. So hopefully that means it's like 1,800. It's like the whole concept of a minimal effective dose, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully it's 1,800 calories and we begin to see changes. So it's very progressive and very, very steady. It's by Mm -hmm. no means a quick fix like we always talk about and how those do not exist. Yeah. Well, how did that that go? I think we pretty much summarized the process pretty well. Yeah, I think so. So I think the the takeaways here, and it's really just one message, is that if you're working with us or you're working with another individual and they present this protocol or this idea to you, that there's a few things you need to know. Number one, that there is anecdotal evidence. There's not a ton of research, but there's a lot of positive evidence surrounding this protocol. So it's something that definitely has potential to in the future have a lot of great research behind it. Mm -hmm. So it's not something that's voodoo magic. You can trust in the process in some capacity. Two, that we are currently utilizing it with our clients and seeing fantastic progress. Mm -hmm. And three is that it's really a tool 
that helps us to achieve a very specific result that we can then transition out of and into a path that is going to lead you toward your goals. It's really a buy-in to get to where you want to be long-term. Yeah, absolutely. Anything to add there? I don't think so. Awesome. Well, in that case, uh, guys, we hope that as you were following along, you didn't get lost in the sauce and that we did a halfway decent job of explaining this process to you. And if you have more questions about it, feel free to reach out to us. Send us a DM on Instagram. Send us an email. uh, Reach out to us on Facebook. It really doesn't matter where you get a hold of us. We will respond to you. We respond to every message that we get. And we will provide you with the answers that you're looking for. We can hop on a call. We can answer a lot of your questions and just learn more about you, learn more, more about your goals, and hopefully be able to provide you with some solutions to those problems and methods to achieve those goals. And if we can't, we'll point you in the right direction to somebody else who can. So as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure you follow us on all those platforms. Check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you like to spend your time scrolling. We are there. Find us, follow us. Uh, we appreciate it so much. And be sure to leave a review on iTunes. That's how we get recognized. That's how we appear in search results. And that's how we reach more people and change more lives. So this is Ashley and I signing off. We'll see you next time. Bye. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate you tuning in each week to check out the information that we're delivering you to help you move closer toward your goals. If you're an avid listener or if this is your first time and you love what you heard, please stop by iTunes, leave us a review. We prefer five stars, but we'll take whatever we can get from you. Leave a comment there. We would love that. It helps us reach more people and change more lives through this platform. And stay tuned, guys. We're going to continue to bring you as much information as possible, as much value as possible through these episodes. And if you have a topic that you want to hear us discuss, shoot us a DM on Instagram, send us a message on Facebook, whatever it takes. We will look at the topic. We'll write up an episode for you and hopefully deliver you the answers that you're looking for. We'll catch you next time.